Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. On today's episode, I'll talk with Cherie Morris and share about the hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. In the King James translation, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17 says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This verse inspired Walter Smith to write the hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Walter Smith was born in Aberdeen, Scotland in 1824 and remained in Aberdeen for his education all the way through university and then went to Edinburgh to train as a minister in the Free Church of Scotland. Walter Smith served as a pastor of several churches and also served a term as the moderator of the Free Church of Scotland. He wrote other hymns and poems, uh, but Immortal Invisible is by far his most well-known. As the days grow shorter in this autumn season and as we approach the return to standard time from daylight saving time, I thought we might consider this hymn that employs the use of light imagery throughout. Referring to the immortal, invisible God, the phrase that follows says, In light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. The hymn goes on to use images of light and of God's creation in praise of the Creator. Though this hymn text is not exclusively paired with one tune, the tune in our celebrating grace hymnal, St. Denio, is the one that you'll find in a majority of hymnals. This tune is based on a Welsh ballad that was popular in the early 19th century and is named for St. Denis, the patron saint of France. The form of the tune itself is A-A-B-A, which we found in other hymn tunes. I find the A-A-B-A musical form to be very satisfying. The first two phrases are identical, and then there's the B melody, which contrasts And then we return to the familiar A melody material for the final phrase. This episode will conclude with the singing of Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise by the Congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church with Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. As always, if you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode of this podcast, be sure to email me at marty at vhbc.com. I am really uh, so grateful for opportunities each week to talk with uh, someone new in our music ministry and to get to learn about them. And I hope that these conversations have been um, interesting and informative for all the listeners as well. I'm glad today to have with me Cherie Morris. Welcome, Cherie. 
<laughs> Thanks, Marty. Thanks for asking me to do this. This is fun. Well, I'm, I really appreciate you agreeing to uh, agreeing to do this. It's um, like I said, I, I just have enjoyed so much getting to talk with a new person each week and getting to learn about them and their, their stories. So thank you for coming on to share. It's, I'm glad to be here. I've thoroughly enjoyed the other podcasts that I've listened to and getting to uh, more information about people that I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. That really has meant a whole lot to me. So oh, good. Well, it's been good. Well, thank you. Um, I guess let's start off, if you don't mind, uh, sharing a little bit about what you're involved with at Vestavia Hills Baptist. Uh, you're a soprano in the choir and one of our choir officers and uh, our robe robe lady so uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a detailed person does that help well tell us a little bit about what you're what you're involved with Uh, well right now just being a member of the choir and doing the robing is has been uh, essential for me but um, I'm also a member of the Joyful Noise Sunday School class um, I'm on the new member committee with Monica and Bruce Burson, yeah. and I've served on other committees, uh, with the church. One was the audit committee several years ago. That was a fun job. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then, um, I served, uh, two terms as family deacon, which has really, uh, uh, been something that's been very meaningful to me. Uh, and way, way, way back there, I was uh, the third director of the Child Development Center. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I had that in my background with Vestavia. The Child Development Center, you've had some other jobs as well. And now into sort of a semi-retired phase, you've got a, a very interesting job. So uh, tell us a yes. little bit about um, about your career and, and your, your jobs and all that sort of thing. Well, uh, career-wise, I, after college, I uh, signed up to become a missionary journeyman and served two years in West Africa, came back with the intent of becoming full-time missionary and went to seminary at, at Southwestern. And um, 1966-68 was a real tough time in the United States, and I had culture shock coming back in mm-hmm. into uh, uh, that environment. I dropped out. Uh, finished, uh, went back and um, finished my degree in uh, uh, Master of Religious Education with an emphasis in early childhood and uh, served on church staff uh, during that time as well. Then married and moved to Alabama. And uh, here I, I worked with the church training uh, doing church training for teachers. And you go, oh my word, that was a long time ago. Uh, and did some work with uh, child care resources and uh, was education coordinator for JCCEO Head Start. So I'm 25 years in early childhood education. And um, I uh, needed to make a career change. And uh, so I decided to go into banking because I heard they had a whole lot of money. And so uh, I stayed in banking uh, as an admin and then moved into the mortgage department. And uh, my job was outsourced. So it was terminated in 2018. And since then, I have uh, been working with Red Mountain Theater, seasoned performers, which I love. Um, the, uh, we have a group right now. Go ahead. Uh, tell us what season performers is for the folks who aren't familiar with that, that program. 
Right. We're a group of people that are 50 years and older, and we have become seasoned in our life experiences. But this group is like a, another family group for me. Um, we, Our intent has been, uh, up until uh, COVID hit, uh, to go out and perform pieces, uh, scripts for audiences in nursing homes, public libraries, uh, churches. Uh, we've even gone into some homes. And we would just take theater to those people that, that couldn't come out to a, a performance uh, at Red Mountain Theater. And this is one of the funnest, funniest groups of bright, intelligent, gifted people that make other people laugh. That's what they do. That's what they enjoy. And so they make other people laugh too. And I've thoroughly enjoyed that. So well, I, I, every, it, um, every time you talk about getting to work with them, you just, you just have, have such excitement about, about that. Even, even since COVID. And uh, I, I think you told me that y'all are gathering on zoom. And so um, yes, you know, you, uh, it's just great to see you so excited about that challenges uh, for zoom in doing well, yes. uh, readings. Yeah. And yes. you've experienced that too with yeah. the choir. But uh, I'm, I'm just so glad that you found that that group to to be a part of and to to guide. And um, I, I just think it's great. It, it's joyful. It's joyful yes. for me. Good. That's that's great. Um, now, uh, so a singer in the choir and you tell us a little bit about your your music background maybe either as a child or or through you know school college yeah. whatever marty i started singing when i was five years old i have this vivid memory of this little golden dress that had little bitty tiny pleats on it and I didn't have, I was toe-headed and I didn't have any eyebrows. So my mother put eyebrows on me <laughs> and you go, and I stood and sang uh, in front of the whole school, the little gingerbread man. And I, that's all I remember is that that was the beginning of my singing career. Uh, my mother had a contralto voice. My oldest sister had a lyric soprano voice. My middle sister sang alto but played the piano and I got the mezzo soprano voice mm -hmm. out of those. My dad, mm, not much. <laughs> he just kind of <laughs> supported us. Uh, but I've been singing all, all my life, all my life um, through high school, college. Uh, I've just had a lot of wonderful instructors and people who are very influential uh, with the gift that I brought to them at the time. Um, singing solos, duets, trios, uh, and just, I learned under my college uh, director how to sing the Hallelujah Chorus. And uh, he was this big, big, huge guy, tall guy. And he was very, just very animated about singing. Addiction was so important to him because he wanted to make sure that if we were singing, that people could understand what we were saying and in, in the words that we were using. So um, my voice teacher got me through senior recital and um, helped develop the skills that I have now as a, as a vocalist. So um, wonderful, wonderful experiences. The other group of people that have influenced my life have been the little church that I grew up in. Um, we had 2,500 people in the town where I grew up. Mm. 
And, but our church, probably 150 members at the most, we always had worship at the front and good music. And I, I contribute that to the two pastors that we had. And uh, the good music was influenced because Oklahoma Baptist University was not very far from our little town. And they would reach out and have some of the music students come and serve our church. And so I remember Don Browning uh, asking me to sing Come Ye Disconsolate as a solo mm-hmm. and in working with me to develop that. And I didn't know at the time the impact that that song would have mm-hmm. on me in, in my life and other people's lives. And when it's taken and put in, into a new setting like Terry Johnson has done for the families at Enterprise High School, mm-hmm. it just makes a difference for you. But it's that one of those old hymns that we're familiar with. And so I've had that influence um, and very grateful for that. Uh, <clears throat> the other piece is coming here to Best Ivy Hills Baptist Church. The one important thing that has been so meaningful to me and, and I put this in writing because it, it's, it's where, I, where I come from, what I believe about this church. Um, the value that it has placed on music for the worship experience of its people is so very evident here. What we have at this church, we don't, you don't find in a very, very many other churches. And I'm so grateful. I go back to Philip Anderson when I first came, Marlene Taylor, Tim Banks, Milburn Price, Terry Johnson, and you, and now you, Marty Watts, are here. Um, You all have had an influence on my musical performance and my worship, and um, that's impacted my faith journey. I had the privilege of singing here. I've known kind of for my medleys, uh, which are putting two or three songs together and then singing them to the group. And hopefully the gift that I've been given has might have had an impact on someone else's life. I'm hoping so anyway. But that's well, my journey. <laughs> that's a, a beautiful statement. And I uh, first of all, let me say that I'm honored to be in that line of uh, influential uh, ministers of music at Vestavia Hills. I, I um I, I don't take that uh, for granted, nor do I take that responsibility lightly. So thank you for that, for that affirmation. But I also have to say that you, um, at your at this point in your life, you're able to be that influential person as well. And I thank mm-hmm. you for uh, giving that gift to others, uh, as you had received that uh, earlier in your life, to now be able to to share that with other people. And I think that's wonderful. Um, sort of a, 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 a full circle kind of thing uh, to be able to do that. And I appreciate you uh, being that person, being one of those people in our church. Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Thank you. Singing is, is important and music, good music. I like for it to, to move me, stir me. And, and um, there are two old adages that I live by from on music. Music uh, soothes the savage beast, whatever rages in me. I can turn on the tele- turn on the music and good classical music, good just just good music will tame and calm me. And I love that. It's not always just singing it, but um, 
The other one is um, music washes away from the soul the dust of ordinary life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I carry both of those in my heart, in my, in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, as I walk down the street, I think about uh, Dan Forrest's piece of music. I thank God for this most amazing day. Mm -hmm. And that taking that poem and putting it into a musical setting as beautifully as he, as he has done, I walk down the street and find that those, that music speaks when I don't have the words. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I, I love it when I'm transformed that way, mm -hmm. so. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm curious um, briefly if you'd tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, uh, let me tell you about my family. Do you have the rest of the day? <laughs> <laughs> I am the last of my uh, family of origin. Mm. My, uh, my sister, young middle sister, uh, passed away in December. Mom and dad died in the early 2000s. My older sister died about five years ago. So I'm kind of by myself, but I do have the two neatest uh, young son, not young, two neatest sons and two neatest granddaughters that it could ever be. My oldest son is Mark and has his own business um, that uh, where he does appliance repairs and several of our church family members know him, but he has a daughter named Skylar and uh, Skylar's 21 and a senior at UAB in psychology. And so I'm very proud of both of them. My youngest son, Chris, is the head electrician for BJCC. They are furloughed right now. They don't have much work to do, but he's also an actor. And that's how the influence of getting with Red Mountain uh, Theater came to be, yeah. Um, he has, uh, is married to Tanya and uh, she's on the faculty at uh, Indian Springs. He also has a daughter named Maddie. She's almost 14, but she lives with her mom in West Virginia. And so they spend a lot of travel time going back and forth to West Virginia. And then I have my little Mandy, who is my puppy dog. Uh, she's, <laughs> she'll be 15 years old next week oh, wow. and a precious companion. So she keeps me on the road uh, in front of my house frequently. Yeah. So. Well, you mentioned that about uh, being the last of your family of origin and that there, there are a few times in our lives where we, uh, you know, come to the realization that th that milestone, that that mantle has been passed on to you and you're, you're the matriarch of your family now. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think as we uh, come into adulthood and then, you know, other sort of milestone moments that, there, you know, sometimes you just sit back and think, oh, I, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm in that role. Now. I'm there now. Yeah, I'm there yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's neat that you've got uh, you've got a wonderful family to to be the, the matriarch of. Well, I'm I'm very blessed by the children that I have and the grandchildren. So, yes, well, that's I think every 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 mother and grandmother can say that for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been concluding our uh, podcast conversations each week with a question. Uh, based on John 10, 10, the second half of that verse, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Cherie, what is bringing you life? Well, uh, I've heard you ask this question of the others mm -hmm. in the group and I go, I got to thinking about it. And there, there've been two things, Marty. 
and I did this for a presentation on a Wednesday night. I think yes. one of the first Wednesday nights that you were there. Mm-hmm. And it's Mary Oliver's way to live your life. She says, pay attention, be, be astonished, and then tell someone. And I have discovered that there's so many, now I can tell you all about my spiders. I can tell you about my moths. I can tell you about the I birds. Had a feeling they would come up. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm not going to go in there. I can tell you about the moon that I saw at 515 for the several mornings in a row. But you know, it's, it's what is it that that's in front of us? And are we paying attention? Because I think so many, we miss so many miracles that God is giving to us opportunities. Um, there is nothing that's happenstance about life. There just isn't. And I'm at the age where I can say that and believe it definitely is a, a truth. But I want to pay attention to what's going on. And when I can help a child see something different, just looking at a flower or a bug and we engage and talk about that, then it says there's something here for you to see. And uh, so that's that's one of the things. The other thing is I've been reading this devotional book. Now, I've bought this copy in 1965, 1966. And so I've had the, the book for a long time. Uh, but I started reading it again more seriously during this COVID time. Um, I, I came across a page And this is how music, that old Broadman hymnal, learning in my church, Wednesdays and Sundays, you know, singing all those wonderful hymns. On page uh, September the 28th, a line said, the only good thing from Jesus Christ's point of view is union with himself and nothing in between. Now, does does that ring a bell with you? Mm -hmm. On a song, are you familiar with Nothing Between? That was one of the old hymns. And so I go, oh, God, God, it's in my head. Where is it? So I went out and went to find a copy of it in in my house. The words to the chorus are nothing between my soul and my Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear. Let nothing between. And you go, that's how music from my past comes forward. Um, the old setting that Elaine Hagenberg, Hagenberg has done uh, to Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go. And she puts that in this be- beautiful musical setting. And you go, I'm, I'm transposed. I'm in a different place. But I had that, that old hymn that I can refer to. Mm-hmm. And that makes a difference for me. And it just, it, the words speak, the text speaks, but the musical setting uh, speaks also. Mm-hmm. So I've used Elaine Hagenberg's uh, Oh Love as a meditation piece and just That's sitting cool. and listening to that. And it's gift. Uh, yeah. But I keep that little sticky note in my book and move it from page to page as I read through. So, but that's where I am, uh, just paying attention. Those things are are just such such great um, insights, and I appreciate the way that you uh, are so thoughtful about uh, how you are attentive um, 
and uh, eager to share that with with others in such a spirit of joy. So uh, this has been um, a, a delightful conversation, and I'm eager for folks to to hear hear it and hear from you and about your story. So Sheree, I really appreciate appreciate you being with me today. Oh, Marty, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is a delightful privilege to be here. And thank you for asking. You have uh, a blessed afternoon. Okay. Thank you. You too. Subscribing to this podcast makes it easy to find new episodes. This episode concludes with the singing of Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.